and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. My name is Mike Householder, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Langfall. Hello, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. How good. are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited about this episode because we're joined by a couple of people near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my wife, Sally, and she's been on uh, before, but hello, Sally, and welcome hello. back. Uh, we're usually together, just, just uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, this is just the way it worked out for this episode because Sally is on screen right next to her younger brother, Joe. Hello, Joe Bartell. Hey, guys. Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Joe is uh, a native of Chicago, uh, born and uh, grew up there, and we were all in the same church youth group way back in the day. That's so cool. It was really, really fun. Lots of good memories. Uh, and we're here today to talk about a really serious topic, life in the face of a deadly disease. Mm. But uh, we um, we have found, and I think what a lot of people find in the face of difficult circumstances, that one of God's gifts uh, in the face of that is being able to smile and laugh and, mm-hmm. and, and have that camaraderie. So uh, Joe is not only from Chicago, but I affectionately have referred to Joe as Mr. Chicago ever <laughs> since we were young. Uh, story that kind of brought that to light for me was there's this restaurant downtown in Chicago when we were kids called Ed DeBevick's. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to go to Ed's. Uh, it was a 50s themed restaurant. The serving staff had attitudes. It, it just, <laughs> they'd sing songs in the middle of, of your meal. It was, it was sort of half performance, half food. And yeah. There were two three-hour lines to get into this place. Uh, so we went there one time, a bunch of us from, the, from high school, a group of friends, we get down there. There's what a three hour wait that day. Uh, wow. We yeah, we, you know the guys trying to take our names. Like, well, it'll be three hours. That's not bad. <laughs> like what? Uh-huh. Three hours? And Joe's like, oh wow. And so my brother in law over there walks into the restaurant. I don't know what you did still, Joe. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not quite sure who you talked to, but everybody knows Joe. I mean, it's a big city. There's uh-huh. millions of people here in Chicago, right? Yeah. But everybody knew Mr. Chicago. Knew Joe. Next thing you know, Joe comes out. He's like, "Come on in, guys." We had a table. Oh, it, it was it's just cool. like just like that. He's Mister Chicago. I I don't need to know how you did that, Joe. But that was really <laughs> impressive. That's great. So uh, we uh, we we as I said, grew up in Chicago and enjoyed uh, all sorts of fun memories together. But. We want to start maybe with an icebreaker, and we'd like to include you on this too, Emily, as <laughs> okay. the non-Chicagoan yes. in our group here today. Uh, we want to talk about uh, one other Chicago tradition for these two, which was the rather legendary Bartell family parties uh, on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I started dating Sally, and I'm telling you, h- half the reason to date a Bartell was to get invited <laughs> to these Sunday family parties. Uh, you know, the cousins would all be there pretty much half the neighborhood was related to these guys. So they would all show up in this tiny little house, uh, this brick house on the North side of the city where my wife grew up. What are your, what are your fondest memories of family parties growing up guys? Sally, what, what, what stands up for you? Oh gosh, it was so fun. I mean, it all started when the grandparents arrived because they'd always get there early and then you just had the anticipation for when the cousins would pull up. And when they got there, we just 
we did everything together. I mean, we would go down in the basement and, and play and we'd have, we'd crawl under the table, under people's feet, like while you're eating <laughs> and different things like that. And then we'd eat so much at Thanksgiving and try to watch the Wizard of Oz. And we were just like on the floor in pain. And we just, we had so much fun. It, it was great. <laughs> Joe, those family parties, I mean, they'd start Sunday afternoon at what time and go until when? Typically one o'clock till 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. that's a party. I'm telling you, legendary, <laughs> yeah. these, these parties. Just just nonstop fun the, the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Anything stand out for you, Joe? Like your fond memories of those family parties? You know, just, uh, just being together mm-hmm. with the grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, and uh, Christmas Eve will always be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Uh, I know that you guys would come to church because I'd see you there. We all went to the same church. Uh, and then you guys would go home and, and one of you, somebody would show up and uh, Santa would show up and uh, you know, all these people come together. It's just, yeah, le- legendary. Sounds what, great. What were, what was, did, big family, small family for you growing up? Oh, uh, one side gathers? of my f- well, I'm an only child, right. so uh, one side, my dad's side was much bigger. I had many cousins, and then my mom's side was much quieter. And so what I remember of gatherings was just when we would go to the bigger side, the sheer volume yeah. of just having a party like that going on was new to me, <laughs> and and I liked it. So you had the loud side of your family, yeah. and, and then the mellower side <laughs> yes. of your family, right? Yes. Yeah, this was definitely the loud side <laughs> uh, uh, of Chicago, uh, <laughs> but, the, but the fun side, uh-huh. for sure. That's great. Uh, my family, right, I I don't have a big extended family and my cousins uh, lived in Washington and Oregon while we were in Chicago. Mm. So we hardly ever got together. Yeah. Uh, So it was fun to tap in uh, Uh to my future Uh in-laws family parties. But with that, we've got some more serious things to talk about today. And Joe, it's really kind of you to join us and Sally, uh, you too, because we want to talk about, um, we want to talk about life in the face of a deadly disease. Joe, uh, you were diagnosed with ALS, which is commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, when was that, Joe? Uh, May 2nd of last year. So May 2nd, a little over a year, just over a year ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I remember we went for a second opinion uh, to Rochester, to mm-hmm. Mayo Clinic, and uh, we got to spend the day uh, there with you. And uh, that, that was a really, uh, you know... That was a big experience. That was mm-hmm. that was a little overwhelming, I, I know, for all of us. So here we are a year later, uh, and we, uh, we've all learned some things along the way. And the reason we wanted to have this conversation, because the purpose of this podcast is to talk about faith and life and the places where Christ and culture intersect. And this is certainly something that a lot of people have to deal with, even though this isn't maybe somebody else's specific circumstance. Um, a, a lot of people have loved ones who are facing these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are up against it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, disease, as we certainly know, in the midst of this uh, pandemic and illness, is a part of daily life. And so we want to talk about how we cope with those things and, and how we live and find life to the full uh, and what our hopes are uh, in, in the midst of all of these things. So with that, let's dive right into our two-minute drill. Here we go. Two-minute drill. Two-minute drill. Okay, the first question is, Joe, what is daily life like for someone with ALS? 
uh, you know, it's it's challenging, uh, but it's also gratifying. Mm. I'm surrounded by so many just wonderful people, friends, neighbors, family that continuously help me with whether it's just cleaning my house or doing laundry, um, just various things around the house that I can you know, I can no longer do because I'm limited to a wheelchair, uh, no longer walking. It's been about a year now mm-hmm. since I walked. And um, I would say, you know, it's challenging, but there's, there's a lot of good things too. Um, you always think, you know, in your life, you see stories of people that are sick and you never think it'll happen to you. Mm-hmm. We see people say that on the news. And when it does, you know, I always thought it would just kind of be kind of downsided, but I've seen so much goodness and kindness through this whole process. It just blows me away. It's, it's unbelievable. So, but yeah, you know, day by day, um, just, you know, the challenges of not being able to prep my own meals. I have somebody help me with that. Mm-hmm give me my pills, um, just simple things, just lifting my arms up, grabbing things to pick something up. It's just become tedious. So, um, again, with those challenges, there's just been so many angels um, around me that just helped me, and uh, it just makes it all that much easier. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes a ton of sense, Joe. And, you know, I since I knew you, I've known you most of your life, uh, saw you back when we were both in high school, and you younger than that even, that uh, you, you said you never expect this to happen to you, um, anything like this. You're, we're talking about somebody who's a healthy dude. I mean, somebody, you were, um, you know, active in every aspect of life. Um, served in the United States Navy reserves uh, for a season of your life. Um, it, you also uh, w- were in gymnastics, uh, were a competitive gymnast mm. uh, for a season of your life, and a really good one. Uh, so, yeah, you just you just don't see that kind of thing coming. Mm. When when we started to hear the, of the possibility uh, that Joe had ALS, that you had ALS, Joe. Uh, we we were in complete denial. There's no possible way that somebody like Joe, who's so active, it just doesn't fit mm-hmm. that that could be the case. Um, and so uh, to see the the contrast um, and to realize that we're we're all living in a world where we're more fragile than maybe we want to be. Yeah. Uh, where this can hit anyone. And and so yeah. But we need to move on. So. Yeah. Um, second question, Sally, is to you uh, to start. What's the best way to help a loved one with a degenerative disease? Well, I think, um, first of all, when you get the news that someone you love has such a horrible disease, um, don't run away from it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still your brother, there's still your loved one. And so um, don't let the disease take you away from the relationship you have with your with your brother or, or loved one. Um, and I think that you need to ask them what would help them. I think um, a lot of us, when you try to cope with something, you want to do it like how you cope with it. 
And you know what? Go ahead and you have to cope with it. How you're going to cope with it for me is diving into research and asking questions of all kinds and figuring out what does this mean? How can we get help? What, you know, are there any trials? Can we do anything like this? And so I would be looking into all of that, but then I would ask Joe, Joe, we can maybe do this. We can maybe do this. Are you interested in this or whatever? And sometimes Joe would say no. And sometimes Joe would say yes, but it's his call because he's the one with the disease. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I would say Joe and I have definitely talked more um, over the last year because of all of this. And I mean, we've always been close and I feel like we've, we've just gotten even closer because of it. Yeah. I can testify to that. Uh, living with this wonderful woman, uh, my wife, Sally, that she has been a huge advocate um, she's been in touch with two senators' offices, ALS foundations, um, you know, research hospitals and universities all over the country, uh, searching for studies, talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good thing you're not shy, honey. Uh, that, <laughs> that that helps, and and in many ways, that's been those have been breakthrough things uh, and moments for for Joe. Joe, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit from you on this too. From your perspective as somebody who has ALS, what are some of the, or any kind of a disease that, that maybe people are saying, well, what can I really do to help? What, what's the answer to that? What, what would you say to people? What, what can I do to help somebody in Joe's situation? You know, I, the, the simplest of things really, um, reaching out with a call, um, prepping meals, um, I have a neighbor that comes over every night, helps me with my dinner, helps me with my, my nighttime uh, NyQuil every night. Just little things like that, you know, go a long way, as they say. I know it sounds cliche, but, um, yeah, any any little way, shape, or form can do anything. Um, it's so unbelievably appreciated. That's all it helps. Love is a powerful gift, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and so is faith. So that leads us to our next question. Yeah. How has your faith helped you cope with ALS? Uh, well, faith is faith is everything. God is everything to me. And, um, you know, I uh, I hear Bible verses in my head throughout the day when I, I do still work here at my house 40 40 hours a week and you'll have days where it's a tougher day here or there but i always will have a bible verse or a saying like make a joyful noise Mm. unto the lord or this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it and i look out my window and i'll see a cardinal or a bird or something and i always get kind of that sign, you know, that God's always got your back. Mm. Or I'll say, give me a sign, and there'll be a cardinal that lands on my patio within a minute. Mm. And it sits there for like two minutes. So I definitely, uh, faith is definitely amazing. And I, uh, I'm just grateful that I, I'm blessed to have it. Mm. Yeah, and your, your faith has always been at the, the center of your life. It's not something you had to go find uh, in, in the middle of this. How, how important is that, Joe, for you? What, what, what's, what is your faith story? How did, how did it all start for you? Uh, well, you know, grew up uh, a good Lutheran in Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, 
as you know, and did Sunday school and the youth groups and matured in my faith as time went on. Confirmation, of course, before the youth groups. Um, and uh, just little things throughout life. Um, I, I don't know really specific uh, moment on it or anything, but mm-hmm. I've just always kind of known, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm blessed about by that. Some yeah. people not get that, and just so grateful that I know um, know God is my Savior and and my Lord. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I hear people say as a pastor a lot of times, I know you do too, mm-hmm. Emily, here as as a leader in this church, that people say, I don't know how anybody could get through the tough things in life mm-hmm. without faith. And, you know, you, you said the word cliche before, Joe, but a lot of those cliches are become cliches for good reason, because they, they mm-hmm. speak and point to a profound truth. Uh, and faith is no cliche in the midst of... of daily life and a life that has ups and downs and has joys and struggles that, that that faith makes all the difference in the world. Mm. So, um, the next question is what would you say to someone who feels like life is falling apart? I would say stop and just listen The the, the verse, um, be still and know that I am God mm. comes to mind I'd probably share that with that person. Take in what's going on. Look at all the good things that are, you have. Your home, your family, the roof over your head, your bed or your recliner. I sleep in a recliner every night. I was able to get that from a, a gentleman whose wife used it before me who passed away from ALS. Just all the little blessings Focus on the positives, you know. Um, and sure, it's going to be tough. You know, you were saying how they respond to somebody. Um, there is obviously the realistic parts of all these diseases that just stink. Mm-hmm. But I think just by focusing on all the positives and also, I know Mike, Pastor Mike had done a sermon not too long ago, and said, you know, all, all things have an expiration date. You know, all bad things like whether it's sickness or an addiction. Um, so this too shall pass. It's all just temporary. Mm. So as tough as this is, I'll get through it by the grace of God and um, we'll all be up there, you know, and It'll be a heck of a lot better than down here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Joe. That is so true. And uh, you're right. The, uh, the things that we struggle with aren't going to last, but the good things that God blesses us with, God promises that those will. And I think that's huge. Uh, and I think that's important. Your words are not just for somebody who might be battling cancer, uh, you know, uh, of some other uh, disease that the medical community says is fatal. Uh, it, it could be for anybody who's going mm-hmm. through this crisis of a pandemic, going mm-hmm. through, the, you know, dealing with COVID-19 and 
because life can fall apart in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And sure. um, the, your words, I think, transfer incredibly well right now for all of us who are up against anything on any level. But they also are this great reminder that um, from a guy sitting in a chair who just a few years ago was running around uh, and, and was healthy and strong, uh, it puts everything in perspective, Joe. It it puts everything right into line for us, and we realize, oh, okay, all right. There are blessings to count right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there are things, and the fact that you're able to see those and count those and praise God for those, uh, you know, this is the day the Lord has made, and and to be still and know that God is. It's hugely inspiring to me, mm-hmm. and that's a, a big part of the reason I wanted you to come on this podcast and share this. Your the light of God that reflects off of you needs needs to be experienced by a bigger population of this world. And so thanks, Joe, for preaching to the preacher <laughs> today. Thank you, um, our last question is, what do you hope for today and how can we pray for you? Uh, well, I hope, well, the biggest hope is that they find a cure Amen. for everything, for cancer, for Parkinson's, for ALS, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the world can be rid of all these awful things. Coronavirus, you know, um, it just seems to be so many things plaguing us. But, um, yeah, and I, I also hope and pray for peace for the world every day and just... Uh, just that uh, I'll make it through another day. And my grandfather used to always say, you know, the Lord willing, you know, I'll see you soon. And I always liked that. I thought that was really sweet. My dad's dad. And I'd I'd say, see you soon, Grandpa. Mm -hmm. He'd say, the Lord willing, Joe. And I always liked (laughs) that. He was just such a good guy. Yeah, your grandpa had that right. It reminds us that God's in charge. And and so we turn to God when nothing less will do. Sally, I want to hear from you on this, mm-hmm. too. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are your hopes as a sister of, of a brother who you love dearly, um, who is standing in the face of ALS? Well, um, I mean, I put all my hope in, in God, and, and I believe um, that Jesus could still have a cure for Joe for this. Um, when we were finding out about this and trying to figure out what he had last year, I was reading Mark and in Mark nine, there's a story about, um, a father who brings his son to Jesus. And he actually says, um, to Jesus, please have mercy on us and heal him if you can. And Jesus turns with as much boldness as he could and says, what do you mean? If that is really held on to me, um, so much in these days as we've been going through this is because that if is still there. And so I'm praying for that if to happen because I know that, that Jesus can do it. He says it right there. And I just turned to his word and asked for him uh, to show his love for Joe. And um, as said is the Holy spirit just cast down healing on Joe. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing because as you go through this, you know, you can say, well, I've got trust, you know, you trust God and everything like that. I've always trusted God. I've always had faith in God, but I've never been, um, I've never grown in my trust so much in the Lord over these, um, this last year. 
we've come through a lot of roadblocks as we've been going through this. Right. And so, um, that's been really frustrating. And to a point where there's been times when, um, I feel like I, I have been more, more sad than I've ever been more angry than I've ever been to the point where I got like a twitch in my eye and, um, for a couple of days and I'm like, Oh my goodness. And, um, I just turned to God and I'm just, you know, I asked God, you know, please, I go to the, I go to the Psalms and I ask God in the Psalms, like, please, please hear, you know, I'm praying for justice. Please hear my prayer. Please fix this. Um, and as I'm going through all that and as angry as I get with all that, I mean, even at a point where I had to say, God, please don't let me lose my faith over this because <laughs> it's just been some bad news over bad news over bad news. Um, and I, I, if you ever told me that I would have to pray for that, um, I would have been shocked, but I did have to pray for it. And of course, God, God answers and gives you that peace that you need. Um, but I guess I would also pray for um, the peace for our family as we're going through this and um, that we don't give up hope. Um, and we know that Jesus is the hope of the world and there's everlasting hope forever. Um, and so we know this is just a small moment in time. However, I kind of wish it just didn't have to be so hard some days. So, um, yeah, so I just pray for, for peace for Joe, for all of us. And that, um, yeah, that God, God's will be done. The, let's drill down a little deeper. We'll take the, the deeper dive here. Uh, you, you've already led us right into that, Sally and Joe. Uh, we, could, we could just speak to the surface of all these things. We've already gone in, into it in real honest ways. But what I particularly love about what you just said, Sally, is um, life is more complicated than we want it to be. And sometimes faith is complicated, too, because faith isn't just it's not just like some noun of, of belief, like it, you either have it or you don't. It's something that we do. It's something that, that breathes in and out of us on a daily basis based on what we're up against uh, or how things are going. And so faith is faith when it's real is active. And it and it moves in and out of these day to day situations, even moments sometimes within days. Uh, it's not always just day to day. Sometimes it's moment to moment, uh, because within any day, if we're going to be honest, mm-hmm. right? It, one of the worst things that I think Christians do is we we speak in platitudes and 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 just little bumper sticker things, and and we lose the depth of a real world faith. Um, you know. Obviously, Sally and I uh, walked through life together um, as a married couple, and so nothing that she just said is news to me. Uh, I'm well aware of it on all sorts of levels, uh, and that's that's difficult too to to walk alongside of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, when somebody I love so much, uh, my brother-in-law I love so much too, but, but my wife, the, this woman I live with, is walking through this and feeling mm-hmm. it and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, that's that's a faith tester too. Here's what I want to say about that to everybody who's tuning in. Tests of faith are not bad things. Mm. Um, tests of faith are things that ultimately can um, break us down so that God can rebuild something even better and more beautiful, something stronger. Uh, Joe, I've seen this in you too. Uh, from... <laughs> From the moment we all sat in the in the doctor's office at Mayo, uh, Joe, uh, with you, Sally and I were there, and uh, Enrique was there, and we heard this devastating news that the confirmation of 
the fact that you had ALS, and this is a world-renowned expert. This is all he does all day long is ALS. And so that's when it became very real. We, I, we were hoping, you know, we had talked before that consultation with this doctor. We were hoping and praying that they got it wrong and that this was something else, something less uh, than ALS. Because as the doctor said, with ALS, you know, life expectancy is two to three years. And the, he had said, Joe, you've probably had it for a while, too, mm. uh, up to this point. So, you know, this is just like, Sally, you were just talking about. It's just news on top of news that isn't good. And you have to carry that and sort that out and deal with it. I'll never forget, Joe, what you said at that point. <laughs> you said, don't let me put words in your mouth. But I, I think the way you said it was, well, I'm disappointed, <laughs> but I'm not. What what did he say? So did you say not mad, not angry? Right. Yeah, mm. that's it. I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And I mm. thought, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Well, it only comes from a place of faith, even to the point where it <laughs> testified to the doctor because he looked at you and he's like, "Oh, you can be angry." <laughs> he, goes, oh, you, yeah. you, he goes, "I would be. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be very upset." But what what I think that I know about you, Joe, and about your heart and your soul. Not just what you think in your mind, but what you carry, this, this act of faith uh, that is a verb in your life, that, that is a part of your day-to-day life and the moments within your life, is it's not that you're sugarcoating it. It's not that you're you know, in denial. It's just disappointed is about as bad as this is going to get, right? A- anger isn't going to be a part of who you are. Mm. And I think that comes, I, I want to hear you talk about that, Joe. Tell us where that comes from. I have a strong hunch, I know. But why, how can you look in the face of a deadly disease and say, I'm disappointed, uh, but I'm not mad about it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where does that come from? You know, I look, I think of all the people that have gone through this disease before me. um, And there was just recently a young man in North Dakota that got diagnosed at 13 with ALS, and he passed away in January at 16. So I look at that, that's not a life. You know, I just turned 51, and I've been able to do so many wonderful things that so many people haven't been able to do, just blessed to do stuff. So I guess all the experiences I've been able to do because of God and all that just makes it that much easier. And I also had one of my friends ask me when this all happened, well, you must have a huge bucket list. (laughs) And I said, actually, I don't. And she couldn't believe it. But yeah, I'm completely, completely satisfied. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you know, I would I like to live to 80 or 90? Sure, of course. But we don't make those those calls. So you, you take what you get and um, you make the most of it. Stay positive. Keep plugging. You know, and uh, yeah, that, that's what I would say in a nutshell. It's so inspiring. The, the, the power of God's love that shines through you, the light that reflects off of you is impossible to miss, Joe. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a God who's blessed you. you the contentment you have. The Apostle Paul says, I've learned the secret of life. 
This is in the scriptures. I've learned the secret of life. Whether I have a lot or I have a little, mm. whether I'm rich or poor, whether things are going well, they aren't going well. And that's where he goes on to say that famous, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, I have the power to have peace um, and, and to know that, well, there's one other thing too, isn't there? It's that, that the world might say that this is the end of life, but we know better. Yeah. Uh, we we yeah. have this bigger truth. And we have a God who is is a savior for us in that way. Sally, you were on a conference call with Joe and some doctors and some others just a week or two ago, and uh, you you relayed to me after that conversation a specific thing that Joe said that I think really stands out uh, when it comes to making decisions about you know everybody who has ALS ultimately has to decide do I do I want a ventilator, uh, do, you know. Do, do I want a mechanical one? Do, how far am I willing to go uh, in, in order to, um, you know, deal with this and, and to cope with this disease? Sally, you want to relay the conversation from there? Well, I guess, yeah, when they asked Joe, um, he kind of said, what's the point? <laughs> why, why would I want to make this any longer when I know where I'm going is going to be better? Mm. And so... Um, yeah, I was really proud of you for that, Joe. Your faith has been an inspiration to me and to so many as you've been going through this. Thanks, Al. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, amen. The, the hope of heaven, I mean, re- reality in this world bites, as they say, right? There, there are things about life in a fallen, upside-down world that just will never be right. There's no way anybody can talk me into this is right. Yeah. That you having LS Joe is right. Um, I, I'll go to my grave thinking that this is, is not a good thing. This is, this is something God's using for good. But it is a reminder we live in a fallen world. Mm. It is a reminder of the Lord's Prayer when we say, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that sometimes things on earth don't happen the way. It's the implication that they aren't going to happen on earth the way they do in heaven. So we hope for heaven. We hope for the kingdom to come. We pray for it. Uh, we pray for this world to align better with with heaven's will, with God's will. But there's nothing about this that um, I think is justifiable or or okay or, or is oh well, you know, it's it's, it's all fine. It's not fine. It's mm-hmm. the raw deal. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So I'm a little angry, <laughs> disappointed, and and a little angry. But here's what God does with my anger. And here's what God does with any of us who start to feel like, well, this is such a raw deal that it, it, it can do one of two things. It can either cause us to question God or it can strengthen our faith in God. And mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that people take the latter instead of the former road, that it lead us, lead us to strengthen our faith in God, uh, not just for the sake of eternal implications, that's certainly significant, but for the sake of how we're going to live right now. Because if we know that we know that we have the assurance of heaven, that's not just a future hope. That's a future hope that affects us in the present day. That changes the way we live and breathe right now. That changes the way we see our disappointments and our frustrations and, and the things that make us angry even and, and seem unfair. Uh, and so uh, reality bites, but there's a bigger reality. Mm. There's, there's a reality that transcends the physical and, and what we see including physical illnesses. Mm-hmm. There's a spiritual realm that's bigger. Uh, a lot of people mistakenly think, well, my spirit is somehow inside my body, and when I die, my spirit's going to escape up to heaven. That's close. And I, and I realize I'm splitting hairs here. It's kind of like that. 
But actually, biblically speaking, it's more like this, that our spirit is bigger than our body. Our body's just a part of something bigger. Uh, the physical world's just a part of something that's bigger, a spiritual world, a, a spiritual truth, a spiritual reality. And so that when we die, our spirit goes on. This is why Jesus says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And the apostle Paul says, even though the body's going to fall asleep, your spirit continues to be with God. Nothing can separate you from God's love. So the moment all of us die, and we all will someday, if we belong to Christ, if we have this faith in Jesus Christ, then God holds on to us. And that which keeps that, 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 uh, that bigger truth, uh, the spiritual realm, is the thing that can't die. There is no physical ailment. There, ALS has no hope of putting that to death. There is no death to the spiritual beings that God creates us to be, uh, of which the physical part is a subset, and then there'll be a reunion one day when Christ comes back, and so we have that hope too. But uh, my dad who died, uh, loved ones who've died, uh, my former bishop, the bishop who brought me to Iowa uh, back in 1990, died of COVID-19 this past week. Uh, Where are they right now? Well, they're with God. Um, they're with God in heaven because Romans 8, nothing can separate us from God's love mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus, uh, not even life or death or any of the things that are a part of life and death. So we have to put life and death in perspective, I think, if we're going to look at this faithfully. We want to see these things for, for what they are. Uh, Joe, when you think about your hopes for the future, I know when we talk about it, you always bring up heaven, and you always talk about it, but you talk about it with such a confidence um, that, that is really a mark of your faith. You know this is true, right? Yeah. Absolutely, Mike. And because it's true, how does that change the way you live now? It just puts you at peace, mm. knowing that it's all going to be okay. Because yeah. I always say, if it's not, even if it's not okay, it's going to be okay. Because of faith, you know? Yeah. Amen, Joe. Amen. Well, we like to wrap up every episode with a mic drop moment. Uh, Emily, uh, we'll start with you. Things that we've learned or some sort of revelation along the way. Yeah. Uh, how, how about well, one is one is uh, fun. It's it's no uh, surprise that you guys are siblings, uh, Joe and Sally. <laughs> uh, I I can tell uh, through a lot of things, and you both say a lot of things, even hard things, with a smile on your face, um, and and that's cool. I think a revelation I had along the way is um, the Bible talks about do not be anxious about anything, uh, but God can provide a peace that surpasses understanding. And Joe, I think you're a model of that peace. <laughs> I think uh, there's a lot of reasons that you could be angry and have a lot of things that you could uh, say very differently. And um, I pray for that peace that surpasses understanding sometimes. And I think you just showed me what it looks like. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Thanks, Emily. Well said. Uh, Sally, how about you? Any mic drop moments, something you learned in the conversation today? Yeah. I mean, um, I like when Joe says, you know, be still and know that I am God. I really, um, feel that that's important to do as you're going through times like this and, um, and kind of what you had said, you know, life is, it's either, you know, it's longer than it is here. Um, and I have so much hope in that. And I turn to God's word that says in revelation in revelation 21, where it says like, there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. 
Um, and it's because I will make everything new. And so, um, that hope is what we hang on to at this time. And, um, and when we are still and know that God is God, we have so much more faith and we can get that peace that we're looking for. Well said, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job. Joe, my Joe bro, my brother-in-law, uh, mic drop moments for you today. Definitely. Uh, as a church family, when we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and talk about whatever our problem is, it just makes us feel that much better because we're all letting our light shine and helping each other. And that's what Christ would want us to do. Mm. Love one another. Yeah, my mic drop moment, Joe, is is just that. It's you. It's your it's your um it's your spirit. It's uh <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit touching our spirit. And you start to get glimpses of God uh when you see that and when your your eyes are open to that. The same love that you talked about earlier, Joe, in this episode how appreciative you are of the little things that people do, you know, the phone calls. And I know your sister calls you a lot. Uh, I know, I know you're on the phone with family a lot, but you have friends too. You're blessed with an incredible core of really, really good friends. And then you've got another circle of friends right outside of that core, which is basically the entire Chicago metropolitan area, Uh, you know, and your church family's in there too. And we're blessed that you're a part of the Hope Church family digitally too. Uh, you're able to to join us. We get to talk about that a lot. But it's that love that you talked about, the, how appreciative you are of the love that people share uh, as as they come and, and hang out with you or call you or, or, or chat with you. Your cousin Eric's uh, in the room right now. Um, that stuff is huge. But it's that same love. This is not like a different category of love. It's that same love that God has for you and for... Sally and Emily and me, uh, and even for our studio crew, uh, Chris Stu and Brendan Pugh and this whole church and everybody who's tuned in right now. It's the same power, that love that, that overcomes all things. This love is the winner in the end. This love is the champion because this love, well, the Bible says God is love. And so where there's love, there is God. And where we see love, we see God. Mm. Um, so... I love you. That's, uh, I think, uh, I tell you that all the time, uh, on a regular basis. Joe, you know, I love you too. Uh, thank you so much as a sister in Christ, Emily, love for all of you guys too, brothers, uh, and love for all of you who are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us. If nothing else today, what I hope you get from this episode is that there is a God and this God loves you no matter what you are up against. Um, the power of this love, uh, is for you. And so if you have the ability today um, to pick up the phone and share some love with somebody, if you have the opportunity today to send a text or a note or something to share that love and to let your light shine, don't hesitate to do it. Um, Do it before you scroll through to the next thing uh, on your phone or your computer. Uh, Take the time to receive God's love and then reflect the light of that love to the world around you. Let's pray as we close. Gracious Lord God, we praise and thank you for all the blessings you give to us. We thank you for life, and we thank you that even in the face of death, you are a God of power and resurrection and hope and life. God, thank you for loving us so much. 
that um, you would send your son into this world to die for us so that our death isn't going to be the end because his death wasn't the end. We belong to him. What happens to him happens to us. So we put our trust and our faith in you. Uh, let us have the kind of faith Joe has that we can um, stand square in the face of uh, the challenges of day-to-day life and uh, stare them down with the power of your love and maybe be disappointed, uh, but always to hold on to the joy that you give to us in this moment and in each day. God, uh, thank you for loving us like that and giving us that love to share in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll catch you next time. God bless you all. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Joe. And we will see you next time on Pastor Mike Jar. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. I'm the typical.